Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. Today we welcome Felicia Saunders. She's an actor, a writer, and a director. She's done a one-woman show called Breathe. And she's a really uh, fun person. We had a really great chat. Um, here's Felicia. Hi, Felicia. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy that you're here. How's it going over there? It's going well. I mean, it's, it's raining. It's very rare that it's raining and and there's like there was a huge storm last night so we got some thunder and lightning yeah it woke me up i hate that (laughs) (laughs) me too as an la person we're just used to you know clear skies and sunny you know sunny blue skies but this is a rarity and a lot of people a lot of my friends like oh my god this is so cool and really it's just you know something we never get here (laughs) it's so funny when it when it happens i know i'm not I don't have a real big problem with rain or wind. I, to be honest, I'm really... Thunder makes me nervous. <laughs> uh, it makes me nervous, too. <laughs> Woke me up in the middle of the night. I almost had, like, a heart attack. Exactly. Ooh. Yes, it scares me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, I I know I am, I have a scientific mind. I am quite aware that the thunder part is not the dangerous part. It's the lightning part. But the lightning you don't hear. <laughs> yeah. So it's, like, really scary when it happens. (laughs) I just, like, uh, woke up and I went, and then my cat just jumped on the bed, curled under my covers. She doesn't like it either. (laughs) For furry friends, we have to worry about. I I have a cat, too, and I'm always worried that my cat's, like, just running around so scared when when these thunderstorms are happening. Yeah, she doesn't like it. She does not like it. She, um... She she she's fi- she's fine with she she is curious with the wind because I have a tree outside my window and it bangs against my window and that doesn't scare her that makes her curious mm-hmm. but it's the boom you know of a thunder yeah. clap that's that scares the shit out of her. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> it rattles sometimes it's so loud it rattles the house a little bit. Oh yeah. Like, what is? Is that an expl- I don't know. I'm just like, I'm such a baby when it comes to those kind of things. <laughs> I don't know either, but I know I lived in the Midwest, and for some reason, thunder's louder there. I think because we have more, they don't have mountains. Uh-huh. And, or they have hills, but they don't have mountains. Uh-huh. And, um, maybe that's why. <laughs> Yeah, and they they love it. I don't know. People love thunderstorms. On the, my friends who moved to LA from the East Coast are like, "This is the best day," and they're like outside watching the the lightning. And I'm like, I would rather not. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I remember I was at um, a science fiction convention and uh, at a hotel, and it was in Burbank. Uh, I think it was the Marriott, and they were at the pool during a lightning storm. Oh no! And I'm like. You idiots, you can get struck by lightning. Water is a conductor. <laughs> get yeah. in here. <laughs> I mean, it's almost as if they want it to happen, so they have a story to tell. I don't know. <laughs> if they live. <laughs> yeah, if they live. <laughs> I, was like, I, used to, I used to live in Florida where it had, maybe that's why, because I grew I my age is two to like five or six. I, uh, I spent like some of my childhood in Florida, and... You know, it rains, like, a lot. It's very tropical. And I think that's where I got, like, my fear of lightning and thunder from is because of just, like, that's... I was a child when all that was happening, and we'd have... A, we had a pool, and whenever, like, dark clouds would form over the pool, I'd just, like, rush out of the pool because I was scared that the lightning would, like, come strike me. I guess it's, like, trauma from that, 
that that time in my life. <laughs> I I understand. I was you know like you. I'm a California baby, and I moved to Ohio at nine years old, and it's scary. But when you hear thunderstorms in the Midwest and you're a little kid, and and then on top of it, the the thunderstorms sometimes meant tornadoes. Yeah. So then we'd have to go into the. It, I mean, it wasn't like a dank, horrible basement. My dad had redone it so he could play pool and stuff like that. It was a nice basement, but it was still scary down there with the thunder and everything. Mm -hmm. So I think that affected me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> scary. I know. I just, uh I was never, I, I've never, I don't actually, loud noises have always bothered me. It's not yeah. just thunder, anything loud. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some people out there I like noise sensitivity, and I'm definitely one of those people, too. <laughs> um, could you, um, <laughs> for our audience, we've been having really nice chat, but... <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell a little bit about yourself so they'll know who you are and, and all the wonderful things you do? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm an LA native, like I uh, as we sort of talked about a little bit. I uh, grew up in LA, and I um, always wanted to be an actor since I was in third grade. Um, I never asked my mom for anything. I'm, I was sort of the shy, introverted child. Um, and the one thing I asked her for was to do an after-school program that was a sort of a theater uh, after-school program. And she was like, okay, you've never asked me for anything, but go ahead. And so once I took that class from then on, I knew, like, that's something I, I've always wanted to do was be on stage and sort of, a, it was like a creative outlet for me. Um, and then... I had done sort of theater programs, and then sixth grade, I did. I had my first taste of Shakespeare, and I did Twelfth Night, um, and I, where I played Malvolio. Ooh, and nice! <laughs> from then on, um, I I loved writing and I loved acting, and I did it all throughout middle school and high school. And um, I went to college. I went to Princeton, um, and I majored in. I actually majored in East Asian Studies, and I minored in theater. Um, so why East Asian Studies, you might ask? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my sister and I, my sister's 18 months older than me, and we grew up loving, like, Japanese animation. And then I sort of, we sort of branched out and started watching sort of ja Japanese cinema, live cinema, um, outside of their animation. And sort of fell in love with the language and culture. We started taking Japanese classes at um, the Santa Monica Community College when we were in high school. And then I, I sort of carried it on with me when I was studying at Princeton. I started taking Japanese classes and then linguistics, and then I studied abroad in um, Kyoto, Japan, at Kyoto University. We did translation and, and linguistics there. And then, um, so my initial love of the, the language and the culture, and quite frankly, the country, I just love everything about it. Um, I, I just wanted to continue my studies, um, and I knew I didn't want to go to a conservatory, even though I, my, my initial passion was in theater and acting. I wanted to sort of have a, a liberal arts education uh, where I can take, you know, science, lab, math, history, language, and that's where I got it, um, that's how I got that education at Princeton. And then right after Princeton, I went on to uh, graduate school at UCLA, so I came back home, um, and I got my master's in fine, uh, master's of fine arts in, in acting. Uh, it was a two and a half uh, year program, and at the end of that program, our thesis uh, was a it was supposed to be a one person show based off of um, a, a person who's doing incredible things in their community, sort of like an unsung hero. Um, and that's where I did a show called Sick and Tired of Being Sick and Tired. Um, I interviewed a woman named Sweet Alice Harris from Watts, California, and she is a community leader in that in that um, in that area. And it, she formed this organization called the Parents of Watts, um, which was sort of born from the Watts unrest of 1965. Mm -hmm. um, and she stayed there. I think it was 1972 or three, where she literally went to City Hall because the Watts community was about to have another unrest. Um, and she went to City Hall to see Mayor Bradley and, and sort of requested help and assistance. And he helped her build this organization right out of her own home. 
Um, and she has an incredible story. She's 86, still heading this organization in Watts. Um, she went from one house, and now they have 15 houses on, on uh, I think it's called Lou Dillon, Lou Dillon Avenue. Um, and so I based my show, this was in 2012, I based my show off of her, off of her story. And so um, fast forward, I mean, I graduated from UCLA, and I started um, doing internships in film and, and TV production companies, and I sort of ended up at uh, Bad Robot Productions. Um, in Santa Monica, and so I was working there for quite some time. Um, I moved up from the internship to receptionist and then one of the executive assistants there. And then only recently, um, I sort of went back to, I kept, something kept bringing me back to the show that I did in 2012 on Sweet Alice Harris's Life. Um, and I knew I wanted to do a one-person show again because that's sort of my, I love character work and I love doing you know, um, pieces like that. And I had never heard should be writing again um, until, I think it was January, this, <laughs> this past January. Um, and I, I, wrote, uh, I wrote a piece called Breathe, uh, which um, premiered uh, December 11th. And it, it was supposed to be a live theater show, but <laughs> the pandemic happened. Um, and so I had to revamp the whole show, the whole show to happen on streaming. Um, uh, and so, basically, Breathe is sort of developed out of that one-person show called Sick, Sick and Tired of Being Sick and Tired, and I weaved um, sort of anecdotes from my own life into Sweet Alice's story. So it became, you know, a 20-minute a, a show became sort of an hour and 10-minute show and where I explore so many different themes, the social unrest of this year, uh, the pandemic, the election, so many things happened this year that are imbued in this show. I'm very sort of, I, I do a lot of time jumps as well that seem to work. Um, and I really, really love the final product of the show. And that's where I am now. <laughs> I know it's like a lot of me talking, but um, that's sort of where I am now. I'm not only an actor, I'm also a writer. And it's sort of my story coming to activism as well. And I'm very proud of the final product. That's cool. You know what you were saying before about how funny it was that you were doing um, uh, Asian studies yeah. and acting and writing and stuff. When I was going to college, I was an actor and I was a writer, but my main thing was archaeology. Uh, <laughs> and everyone goes, what does archaeology have to do with anything you're doing? I go, well, I love history. I love ancient man. I I love the I love the whole idea of finding what the connects people and stuff. And to me, studying ancient man and what makes people tick fits with acting, what makes people tick, and writing, what makes people tick. So, to me, it made sense. But everybody else looked at me like I was from another planet. <laughs> I get to they're like, you didn't go to conservative. I was like, no, I had other interests, and sometimes they do overlap. Sometimes I get people in the film and TV come. Uh, film and TV area of life, the industry, excuse me, and they, they you know, they ask for tra translations of Japanese, but like, cinema is, Japanese cinema is huge in America, yeah. so there's some overlap, often I see some overlap there, so <laughs> people who ask those questions, I mean, try, I mean, you'd be surprised how often it happens. Well, it's coming into my writing, too, my yeah. archaeology, so it kind of does overlap, and... Um, I'm, one of the books I'm writing is a thriller based on the Copper Scroll. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're definitely using your your, your uh, you know your major when you were in school. But and and I still keep up. I mean I read everything that comes out and I and I watch all the shows about it. In fact, I interviewed a couple of times an archaeologist. That was so cool. Um, an actual Egyptologist, which has always been, even though my studies were in um, Peru, because my professor's studies were Peru, my interest has always been in Egyptology, so to interview an Egyptologist was so cool. <laughs> well, have, you, have you been to Egypt yet? No. <laughs> I hope to, maybe, before I die. That's one of my bucket things. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool that you got to meet in... in speak with an Egyptologist. Yeah, she's really nice, too. She's a uh, big presence on Instagram. She she calls herself the vintage uh, vintage Egyptologist. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Colleen Darnell. She's um, she, they, her and her husbands found some interesting stuff about ancient Egypt. But she wears these cool clothes, and she's I'm I, I'm a fan of Miss Fisher and all these Miss Fisher people. When I started advertising my interview with her, that oh, isn't that as um. S.C. Davis, and I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> I think it's funny, because they, I mean, she wears, like, 1920s clothes, and she has her hair in a, a bob and everything, so, yeah, I guess I can see why they do that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but, yeah, that was so cool. That was exciting. It's That was, like, a mesh of everything I love in one interview. Oh. <laughs> uh. That's the last one for the history book. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so you write and you act. What is your, um, do you have like a streamline of what your passion is? Or um, is it people? Is it trying to understand what's going on in the world? What? How did you find your passion for it? I think, I think it's those, those things you mentioned. I mean, you know, this is my first full-length, the Breeze was my first full-length play uh, that I've written, and it's a lot of, you know, self-reflection and a lot of revealing truths about humanity and, you know, people um, that I've never really, I mean, when you're growing up, it's, it's tough to sort of be mature about things and, and sort of analyze things. Oh, they said this um, what does that mean? Or you know, you you tend to. Start, I was sort of on this one track, like go to a good school. If as long as I study hard, I'll go to a good school. I mean, this is my purpose. And then now, in my adult age, <laughs> I, I I have more time to sort of sit back and reflect and really, you know, to think about things and 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 question things. So that's what I love writing about. That's my that's why I love acting is because. I'm able to sort of step into other characters' shoes and 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 live that person's life, if only for a short hour and a half play. Um, you know, I one, one memory I have is playing um, Myra Arundel in Hay Fever in grad school uh, by Noel, Noel Coward. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I, I love it. I love that. I love anything Noel Coward. I mean, there's a reason Lawrence Olivier called him the master. He's just amazing. Well, Amazing, and we did. I mean, I that's also my favorite decade, nineteen twenties. The fashion, the, Me too. the just thing, smoking your cigarette. I mean, I don't smoke, but just like the whole feeling of it, whole vibe is amazing. And just I got to play this high society British, like beautiful woman who like who moves differently than I do, and it's just like being in that slice of life, even for, like I said, an hour and a half show, it's just like everything to me, <laughs> just experiencing different lives. Isn't it interesting? I mean, um, one of my favorite plays I was in was Murder on the Nile, which is Death on the Nile, the play version, um, and I played uh, one of I, the, I played a young British uh, sophisticate, blah, blah, blah. But I was an innocent, and most of the time the guy was chasing me throughout the thing and all that. But it was just cool because I got to wear the clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just as simple as that, just being in the clothes, being in the shoes, literally. And it was Agatha Christie, too, so that was like a double. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, humanity, people, living lives. It's all of that. It's just great, right? It's the way you go. It's the way you go. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, 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 ri- I've written plays and I've written radio plays. Have you written radio plays too? No, I haven't. Oh, it's so cool because it's so easier. <laughs> it's so much easier to get it on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, it took me so long to get my first play on stage. And it was hell, but oh, yeah. but um, I use this I platform for my radio plays, and it's cool. <laughs> so I invite you online to come and write a radio play for Sherry's Playhouse when you have time. Okay. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely a different process, huh? To oh yeah, play on radio than um, 
on stage or streaming, like what I did. <laughs> yeah, I, and I actually, there's some that is very difficult to watch when they're doing the streaming plays, and then there's some that's really easy. Uh, there was one I really enjoyed that they did a streaming play. Um, they did Shakespeare. It's called uh, Stream Shakespeare, I think. <laughs> it was. It's from Australia. It's so good. I was really enjoying it. And, I mean, I actually sat up in the middle of the night because they did it in their evening, and it was my nighttime, uh, watching them do Richard the Third <laughs> all night. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I was like, <laughs> it was, it wasn't shortened. They, I mean, it was a full bloody play. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's heavy. It was. I mean, they, they, they've done a lot, of, they were doing a lot of comedies because yeah. of everybody being so upset and everything and they wanted yeah. to start light. But toward yeah. the end, they, they went to the heavy ones in the history. Like, this light stuff. Let's go. Let's let's go. Let's get to the real stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they did Taming the Shrew, and they did um, Twelfth Night, and they did. Okay. You know, they did a lot of the comedies. Um, but it was like I was like, I want to see it because it's actually a really one of my favorites of his uh, histories. That and Anthony. Um, no, not Anthony. No, it's Caesar and Cleopatra. Those are the two of Shakespeare's histories I really like. <laughs> yeah, I always wanted to to do Antony and Cleopatra. It's just such a good. Not many people read it. Read those. That one in Troilus and Cressida, I really, really, really love. Yeah, I like that but too. So the battle, just like if there's a ton of battle scenes that I feel like people just get scared. Of. That and Julius Caesar. No one, people. I mean, I guess they'll do that more so than anything because it's more relevant to what's going on today. Um. But, you know, <laughs> I just got what you said. <laughs> well, it's funny, when we did Julius Caesar, when I did it in 2019 with Independent Shakespeare Company, there was a lot of, like, talkbacks about, like, here's the current political situation, and here's how it relates, and here, you know. So, <laughs> it's funny when people put that show on nowadays versus any other time. <laughs> it's like, um... This is uh, I my Shakespeare was introduced to me from TV shows when I was a kid because I I'd actually didn't see Shakespeare until I was in high school. Um, the first one, first time Shakespeare was introduced, you're gonna laugh. First time Shakespeare was introduced to me was Maurice in Bewitched, uh, Samantha's dad. What? Samantha's father in Bewitched. He used to oh, say. He used to do soliloquies all the time. It was the first time I was ever introduced to Shakespeare. You know, I watched Bewitched as a kid. I probably didn't even catch that. I mean, my first introduction to Shakespeare, I think, what I, Twelfth Night, um, sixth grade, but I, didn't, I never realized that Dad would be, would say soliloquies. Oh, it was like, it, it, sometimes he would go on and on and say, okay, Daddy. Uh, <laughs> That's so random. Yeah, and the thing is, he was a great Shakespearean actor. His name was Maurice Evans. Mm. And so it, he did it really well. I mean, it wasn't, you would just get, you. it was sort of, it was sometimes sort of stop the show, and that was kind of cool, too, because you just, like, mesmerized by him doing it, and all of a sudden, Samantha, okay, daddy, daddy. <laughs> You're getting carried away. <laughs> No, I love watching people who do soliloquy like very well, and 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 it's and it's so funny when you're watching like a modern day film. You're like that person seems like they'd be good at Shakespeare, mm -hmm. and then you'd Google them, and they're like yep, Shakespeare, Shakespeare. on the stage. <laughs> yeah, and it's like uh, some of them are. And then the other thing I saw, and uh, Gene Roddenberry for Star Trek used Shakespeare quite a lot. Um, there was one episode of Star Trek that was a play within a play. And, um, and what it was was they were doing Hamlet. Mm. And uh, there was the, the guy who ran the play company, acting company, was a serial killer. Not a serial, uh, mass murderer. Mass murderer. Mm. And, but he, uh, Kirk was one of the few survivors and he wasn't sure. 
And at the beginning of Hamlet, she said, uh, Hamlet is about people that are in a desperate situation when life was cheap. And I was like, <laughs> like I, I saw it, I didn't see it in the 60s when they did it. I saw it in reruns in the 70s. I'm going, boy, it hasn't changed much. <laughs> yeah. You're like, hmm. That's kind of the same situation. <laughs> so those are my two pre-even thinking about doing it myself Shakespeare experiences. Um, the one I really enjoyed the most was Bewitched. Uh, if you ever watch the reruns of Bewitched again, look for the ones with her dad. It doesn't matter which episode with her dad because her dad always does Shakespeare. <laughs> I'm sure I can. I'm sure there's some compi compilation on YouTube. I can probably like Google. <laughs> yeah, look. For, and his name. What's really funny. His name is Maurice, and his name was Maurice. <laughs> well, nice. Yeah, that's probably. He's like, you know, you look like a Maurice. We're gonna keep it that way. Yeah, it was really funny. But I didn't realize when I was a little girl, the reason he was so brilliant was because he was a Shakespearean actor with a huge Shakespearean company, um, the old Vic, in England. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's what brought this whole thing on, because you were talking about, you you look up and... <laughs> uh -huh. Because I just, it's, you never know, you just, but, and then there's some people that you would not think did Shakespeare. And they did. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And then you see them just, like, play normally, and then you see them on stage, and, like, they are magnificent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, we had to do a lot of classical training in grad school to really get the rhythm of, you know, the verse and the, 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 the just it's, and the prose. It's just so something you need to learn, and it's just amazing when you do. Did you do Greek plays, too? I love Greek plays. I, you know, I love Greek plays as well. Uh, I We did scenes in acting class. I've never, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm racking my brain right now. I don't think I've done a Greek play. But I did do a Greek monologue. Um, Cassandra, I forgot which play. But um, I, it's not really a spoiler. <laughs> this has been like years and years. These plays, things have been out for years and years and years. And years. Yeah. Um, Centuries. Some, I family get, family gets burnt up and we were learning I think we were learning a, a method where we had to actually place our fa like our real people in our lives in those characters mm -hmm. and I, I, I that was the first time when I did a monologue where I really broke down and I couldn't continue the scene because I was imagining my dear family I mean obviously it worked whatever method we were doing but like <laughs> Greek plays are very intense <laughs> Well, that's what's what really interesting. They're really intense, but all of the violence is... It's, it's, you know how Shakespeare, all the violence is... Also, there's no violence in Greek plays. There's all explained yeah, yeah, by the actors. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. <laughs> when you're talking, you're, like, really reliving those moments. Uh -huh. So, yeah, completely agree. Yeah, I did Antigone. I love that play. It's one of my favorites. Oh, nice. You know what? I'm, I think I, I remember in sixth grade we did um, oh, Iphigenia. I have done Greek. I'm I'm literally forgetting. I did um, Agamemnon in in, in college. Oh, I did Agamemnon. Good play. Yes, yes. I was one of the old men of Argos. <laughs> so we had all we were doing was speaking like chorus lines, which was great. It was a lot of text. Yeah, uh, the first play that we did was uh, Oedipus, and I was part of the chorus, which was just fine. Um, <laughs> it's one of the more complicated plays. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I forgot that. Because oh. you were talking about Shakespeare, and to me, Shakespeare, you have to learn that rhythm, and then with the Greek plays, it's a completely different rhythm, but it's a, it is a rhythm you have to learn, too. There, it's, exactly. There's separate muscles, and I just wondered yes. if that was something that you studied. <laughs> yes, I love, I love doing those. I love doing those pieces. I'm just remembering now. It just hasn't been... The last uh, Shakespeare thing I did was Julius Caesar, like I said, but um, I'm trying to remember when I was in college and in grad school, we did do some of those things, so yeah. It was good memories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I love Shakespeare and I love I love Greek plays. Um, that's why I get kicked out of watching like um, something like Xena, 
where they mm. when they. I love. Go ahead. You love. No, I, said I, I love Zena as well. Oh, I love Zena. I love Zena. I love that they uh, t tackled every subject, and he never knew what the episode was going to be because it could be fearing drama, melodrama, uh, crazy zany comedy, a murder mystery. <laughs> you never knew what the episode yeah. was going to be. But there was one episode where um, Gabrielle's scroll became a play. That was my, one of my favorite episodes. Was that in the first season? No, it was in the last. Well, we did a rewatch, and she did like a theater thing, but I, I don't remember the one in the last season. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, it wasn't last. It was because she was in her sorry, so it must have been in the fourth season because she, you know, was during her I Want to Be Peaceful. Mm. Was this pre-Dayhawk? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, it was after Dayhawk. Uh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Because th this is after the big hope uh, yeah. fight between oh, Zena and Gabrielle where they almost killed each other. And then they solved it all by a musical. There you go. <laughs> that, maybe that's what the world needs to do. We need to have a big, giant musical. That'll solve all our problems. <laughs> <laughs> I can see sort of why during World War II musicals were so popular. That, that's probably, that's a good, I mean, if you're doing some sort of like historical research, that's probably why. <laughs> because, uh, you know, think about it, World War II was bad. I mean, it was uh, one of, it was a really bad war. And there was not much joy. I mean, people were spending their nights underground in subways and in in Europe, and you know, Jews, my people, were in concentration camps or fleeing or trying to be get out into Israel or America. People in America were suffering too because their family was overseas and and they were rationed and they had um, dark blackouts and all that stuff. So the only joy really was reading a book and watching a musical. <laughs> or listening to music. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's really, I mean, if you think about it now, if you're watching, I mean, not many people are prone to music, <laughs> but I know when I listen to, you know, jazz music or I watch, I mean, have you seen Soul yet? Is that, that's like a, it's a Disney Plus Pixar movie. No, I haven't. Oh, I love Disney movie. No, I haven't even heard of it. <laughs> Oh, it, it just came out on on Christmas, so the twenty fifth. So it was. It's just about music, and and I don't want to give it away, but just I, I just like sitting back and thinking about how much joy music brings, to, you know, brings to life in my life. So I agree, you know, why there's so many musicals that came out during that very dark time in history is because you know it's the only way to survive to it. Yeah, I think also that's why both in the 20s and in the 40s that the cozy mysteries because mysteries you you had a bad guy you had people die but the dying was off stage and even if it was on stage it was solved you always got the bad guy there was always a a, a real ending and that's why people liked those it was like justice was always done yeah and it also gives like a sense of hope too it's like you know Let's figure this out together, and then you know, have a good, happy ending in the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I, it's it, I. I wish that people would enjoy that more. <laughs> I read books like mm -hmm. that. You know, just read books. <laughs> yeah, oh, I like reading as well. I mean, I always loved reading when I was a kid, um, and and more so nowadays. You know, I like. I'm in like two book clubs. You know, especially during quarantine. Um, I just love speaking about whatever we read during, like, our little meetings because, you know, it's, it's just fun just communing about And I also love do, listening to audiobooks as well. I mean, I do voiceover, so I'm trying to break into the audiobook <laughs> industry, but I've been a little distracted with the, my, the, the recent play I was doing, but I just love listening to audiobooks as well, people who are really great narrators. I think it's really interesting. I actually... Um, one of the girls that are in my uh, cast for my radio playhouse, she's doing a radio play, I mean, sorry, book on tape. 
and she says it's really interesting. It's a different discipline because you're playing all the characters. Um, <laughs> and I and they uh, I was talking to another person on another interview, and they had read Barack Obama's book, which I haven't read yet, but he heard it on book on tape, and he goes, he was really good. He did all the voices and everything. I was impressed. Yeah, he did his own book, right? Obama narrated his own book. He right? narrated his own book. He did his own book on tape. And Michelle Obama did. I listened to Michelle Obama's book, and she did it as well. It's just different. I mean, having an author read, you know, their own memoir is just different. You feel like you're closer to them since it's in their voice. So yeah, it is. It is a different discipline for sure. Oh yeah. Um, you also have to be technical. Like we're talking about technology, not being. <laughs> it's not my strong suit either. You have to be like a sound engineer and a pro. Um, because it's really difficult. It's many, many hours, and then also editing it all together. You're your own editor. Yeah, I have a editor, and um, well, uh, I actually have a few editors that I went through this year because of COVID, um, different reasons. And my play that I did in February, we finished, or March, I can't remember, just before everything locked down. Um, all finished, all everything in there, everything ready, and uh, I went through three editors. I just premiered it yesterday. <laughs> oh, I just like you know, it took forever. It only took a few months. You know? <laughs> That's not that bad. Not that many months. Yeah, this year Sherry's Playhouse had two plays. And that's it. <laughs> that's amazing because this year was pretty difficult, and to create art and anything during this pandemic is a huge feat. I it's, did. It's great. I just like, um, yeah. One was called Dimness, basically about the alienation we're all feeling during lockdown. That was that was the play that actually I in, did in a timely manner. Um, <laughs> I wrote it in June. It was on in July and performed. It was, it, it got, wow. yeah, everything went the way it was supposed to. Um, yeah. um, it because well, it also wasn't. It had one special effect sound. The, the one that we just did, Joe Cronus had like thousands of special effects oh. music cues. Oh, it was yeah. really one of the most complicated plays. And if it was done uh, any other way, it wouldn't have been good. Um, it really worked out, but it just took forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like similarly with my play, um, Breathe, there were a ton of music cues and sound cues, and I'm just so thankful to my sound department. Like, I did not know anything about, like, as I was writing, as you're writing, you don't know what goes into it technically. So, you know, long story short, just like, it took forever to make the, sh the product took forever to make but like in the end it's so much more rewarding isn't it yes yes I was like, like I can't this happened and last night I was I was last night I was going was it okay is it okay <laughs> I mean this was to the cast this wasn't to anybody any of the audience I was doing it to the other people that I was working with that we would were, were working is it does it sound okay was it, 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 it <laughs> I just, I mean, us, like, writers, us playwrights, we're just like, are you sure it's good? Is this fine? Is this good? <laughs> Let me know. Please tell me. Tell me the truth. <laughs> That's exactly the way I was. Um, now it's over. We did it. Yay! Brad, <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, and you did it. You got, you're out. I mean, that's what, that's the big thing. You got it out and there. Yes. People can watch it over and over now and you're, you're free. <laughs> yeah. We didn't wait. I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I actually put off stuff so I could get these things done, too. I, I have three books. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Wow, you're just, you're, I mean, honestly, quarantine is, is good for writing. I mean, I don't think I would have been, if I were just, like, not as remote as I have been for the last year, I don't think I would have gotten so much work done on this play. Like, quarantine is, is I mean, I know it's, it's pretty rough <laughs> in general, but um, it's, it's a good outlet for just writing and, and taking time doing that. Yeah, I just, I, um... 
Uh, well, first, I, f I feel sorry for all the people suffering from COVID. I and, agree. And all the people who've lost people. That is devastating. Uh, it's actually now worse than the 1918 yeah. epidemic. So I do feel for everybody. I don't want I, I don't want you to think I'm making light of it. I'm not. I'm just saying that the effects of it on trying to get a play done is very makes it very difficult. But it's not close to what these people are going through. Not even not even a fraction. I just want to make sure the universe knows that. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's really. Oh, it's really hard watching the news and, and listening, and, you know, reading the news and seeing how the numbers are just skyrocketing, and it's probably not going to get any better in the next month. I mean, at the holidays, it's really, it's been really tough. Um, I'm just worried because people just ignored it during the holidays. I'm really worried about what's going to happen. Me too. Me too. Um, but you got to have some hope. I hopefully... Hopefully, with the vaccine in 2021, um, I don't know. There's a little ray of hope I'm, in my heart. <laughs> I'm just praying. I was really looking forward to the 2020s, and, and this year has been such a bad year. Please let 2021 be a good year. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. I'm hoping that it is. Because <sighs> we really need it. We, I think that's one of the good things about what you and I do. We, we, we bring a little sunshine into people's lives. Yeah, just going back to, you know, war times and make, creating musicals, and I, I just, I am a firm believer that art is there to inspire people and to, you know, bring joy into lives. You know, if we didn't have each other, I mean, we have, you know, art to keep us happy, and and I, I agree, just like that little glimmer of hope in our hearts, you know, hopefully we're, we're creating that for people. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because people still watch the. I mean, they they were just showing some of them were on Christmas Day, like some of the, the people don't realize a lot of those movies you saw on Christmas Day were made during World War Two. <laughs> mm -hmm. Meet Me in St. Louis and the Good Old mm -hmm. Summertime. All those movies were in the forties. <laughs> yes, I love those. I love the classics. <laughs> Um, there was another one they showed. I don't know, White Christmas, all that. They were all done in yeah. the 40s. Um, uh, what's that one that everyone loved? Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, thank you. How did you know? You can, you can hear my brain wave. Yeah, it's a Wonderful Life as well, right? 1904. It was right after World War II. He just came home. That was the first movie he did. So it was I probably 46 or 47. Yep. Mm -hmm. They said, and actually, if you watch him, he was wonderful in Philadelphia Story. But if you watch him in Philadelphia Story or The Thin Man or any of his earlier movies, and then you watch him in not Thin Man after The Thin Man, uh, and then you watch him in It's Wonderful, you can see all the depth he gained from what he went through during World War Two. You know, you you just see it in his performance. Yeah, I mean, what like people say, I'm a firm believer of actors growing into, you know, their true actor self. Like, you have to go through some life experiences and mature a little bit in order to, you know, really get into that place. So I, I hear you. Development. Oh, and everybody who's never heard of him, Jimmy Stewart, look him up. Brilliant actor. <laughs> Rear Window is one of my favorite movies. So. Oh, I love Rear Window. Grace Kelly and him. Oh, yummy. <laughs> my favorite and just uh that whole movie is perfection i told someone do you do you remember the dress she wore when she went climbing in the window to look into raymond burr's house yeah apartment that's my favorite dress i love that's is it my like the white skirt? it's it it's the green and white like day dress but it just is so it's like something I could wear. You know, everything else is so elegant and gorgeous and like a model. And then she's just like, I could wear that. <laughs> yeah, no, she she has some beautiful outfits, beautiful costumes in that in that in that play. Wow, in that film. Um, and I love her evolution, her, the character evolution. Mm -hmm. with, you know, being the the glamorous and then turning into this very like adventurous person that he then fell in love with, obviously. But but the funniest no, part is. Here. 
at the end of the movie when uh, he, he has two broken legs and she's reading the um, magazine about uh, going to Mount Everest or I think something yeah. it was Mount Everest yeah. and then once she looks to make sure he's asleep and she picks up another magazine which was Vogue yeah. <laughs> she goes I'm still me <laughs> Even though, you know, now I'm adventurous, so you can like me. Oh, whatever. I know. I was like, she was like sneaking the Vogue out. I thought, I go, that was like sort of like a hint. I'm still me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't want to watch that movie. I love that movie. I know. Oh, and the other one I like is the green suit with the halter top. top, uh, top. It was a green suit. She had a little pillbox hat, green suit, um, and and a white blouse. And when she takes off the blouse, it's a halter top. Ooh. I don't remember that, but I do remember just, like, all her amazing outfits. Yeah, it's just, oh, gorgeous. Including the nightgown. Oh. Thing she had on. I was like, oh! Did you hear what she did to Hitch? No. Oh, my God. He wanted her to, her breasts to stand up more and that she would wear a bra under the nightgown, which she just, both her and Edith Head said no because it would see through and it wouldn't look right. Yeah. But you know that Grace was a model, right? Uh-huh. So she said, well, let me work it out the, and to hit. Let me work it out. Well, me and Edith, we're going to go in another room and work it out and I'll come back. She's stood in her model perfect way with her perfect posture, came out with the nightgown again, did the scene, because see, it looks so much better that way. She didn't have a bra. <laughs> ah! He was like, oh yeah, I'm right. See, I'm right. See, it's perfect. He, it looks much does. better with the bra. <laughs> he even noticed. Hilarious. <laughs> I thought, see, she was so crafty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're right, Edith Head did do the costume. I mean, a lot of Edith's costumes she did for those films back then. So great. I know. So great. I actually saw her. I didn't meet her. I saw her once. I was working at Universal Studios. Mm. I was working in the parking lot. You know, and we, we waved through people on golf carts with the little tag on, because that means I work in the studio. Her golf cart was really cool. It was a golf cart, but it had little black balls little pom-pom balls along the top, all the way around the top, and she had, like, designer fabric on each side of it. <laughs> nice. Of course, she, of course this is her card. And she still, I, and this, she had to be, because I was 15, so she must have been in her, like, late 70s, maybe even 80, and she still had the severe black dress with a black hat and a black sunglasses. <laughs> You go, girl. <laughs> That's I was so excited I, that I saw you and and the people in the totals are going, who? Who? <laughs> you work at Universal Studios and you don't know who Edith Head is? That's so, that's so great that you got to see a legend. I know. I saw a lot of legends. Oh, while well, you were at Universal? When I was working at Universal, yeah. I, yeah. I saw some people that I saw James. Well, actually, that's another story. Take up all your time, but I'll tell you later. <laughs> I met James Gardner, and he was—he is like my hero. But it's a great story. First <laughs> story I didn't Who? James Gardner. Gardner, okay. You know Maverick, uh, Rockford, <laughs> uh, yeah. Murphy's Romance. <laughs> well, you saw him at Universal. Yeah. Yeah, I had an encounter. Oh, another story for another time. <laughs> yeah, we're coming to the end. It's just wrong timing. <laughs> now, um, where can people see your play? So we um, we just closed December eighteenth. However, um, we are sort of doing a sort a, a little adjustments to the the show. Um, like I said, it, it was pre recorded. So it's not like a live theater, obviously, because we, we can't do live theater currently, but it, it is something that is, can be viewed online, but won't be viewed again until uh, February. So we're, we're doing some updates, like I said, and we're going to try and do an on-demand uh, showing for Black History Month. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so if people are interested in what I have described about my show, 
Um, you can always follow uh, me on my social media. Um, my Instagram is Felicia Saunders, P H I L I C I A S A U N D E R S, for updates for the show. And then we're also on Facebook, just uh, facebook.com slash breathe show, B-R-E-A-T-H-E show. Cool. Um, so, like I said, we're, we're revamping everything, and hopefully we'll have a, a, a good year next year. We had a really good showing uh, for the holidays, um, so next year we're looking for, you know, more. So <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. And you created it yourself, so that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I play about 23 different characters. That's cool. I, the whole thing. <laughs> that is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, do you have a website? Yes, FeliciaSaunders.com. Uh, it's really hard. To, <laughs> a lot of people think my, the spelling of my name is one way when it's actually T-H-I-L-I-C-I-A. So that Saunders.com. Uh, <laughs> find me. <laughs> and you still Saunders like Jennifer Saunders. Uh, oh, I, who is she? She's who's a, that? she's uh, absolutely fabulous. That's so funny because my my aunt's name is Jennifer Saunders. <laughs> it's not the same person, I don't think. Is she British? No, no, no. She's Jamaican. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> no, different lady. <laughs> anyway, just oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, all your. Social information, Do you, uh, you said Instagram, but do you have other social that you want to give out so people can say hi? Yeah, so Instagram, um, Facebook are, you know, I have a fan page as well, Felicia Saunders, um, and you can message me through there or my Instagram, you know, direct message. Um, and my, my website, those are the three, uh, and Twitter. <laughs> so Twitter is uh, Fee Saunders, P-H-I Saunders. Can't, I can't put my full name on Twitter because it's too many letters. Apparently. Yeah, I know how that feels. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you should know, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. Oh, oh, oh.